The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, staying with Northern Ireland, 25 years have passed since the Good Friday Agreement. A new survey suggests our memory of the conflict is dwindling, especially for Irish youth. To take us through the survey's findings, I'm delighted to be joined by data journalist with The Times and Sunday Times, Rachel Lavin. Um, Rachel, thank you for coming on and you're very welcome to the show this morning. Thank you. Now, Irish youth don't know about any of the basic events that took place and I think uh, they support a more militant view uh, of what's taken place, largely influenced by where they got their information. Would that be a fair, I suppose, highlight of the report? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a way to summarise it. We did two national surveys in the last six months to ask different generations how they remember the troubles and the difference in how different generations in the Republic of Ireland view the troubles is quite shocking. Is there anything to be said? Like, if we, I suppose, if we, if we, if we equate it to World War Two, or you know, how maybe my generation remember it, like, could we be accused of the same thing? And you talk as well about the youth having a kind of a glamorized view of violence, which I think was another one of the findings. Again, when people of my ilk think of people like Che Guevara, who maybe was, you know, a known terrorist, but we have this kind of romantic view of them. In other words, I, I, I'm I'm not defending the youth here, but I'm just trying to put up forward an argument that says maybe some of this is understandable. Definitely. Listen, Southern, the South has always been um, sheltered from Northern Ireland, and we can see that in one question. We asked a thousand people in the Republic of Ireland. How many people died in the Troubles? This is a conflict of 25 years ago. And only 59 people got it right. The correct answer is between 3,500 and 3,720, according to the best sources. Um, 29 people guessed over 30,000. Nine people guessed 100,000. So a lot of people then underestimated. The fact that most people in the South don't know how many people died in the Troubles is Probably, like, it's, it's a big concern. But when we then compared knowledge across the generations, we found that older people knew a lot more. The people that lived through it obviously knew a lot more about the troubles. But when it comes to younger generations, remember even basic things like bombings, major massacres that occurred, uh, the civil rights movement, internment, collusion, the disappeared. They just don't know about it. 26% of of people under 35 said they didn't know about any of this. Um, we asked them about peace actors. We're 25 years on from the Good Friday Agreement. And while they knew figures like Martin McGuinness and Jerry Adams, the majority didn't know anybody else played, who played a role in it. Say, for example, John Hume, 90% of those over 55 credited him with a role and acknowledged his involvement. But it was just 41% for the under 35. So... They have a very different view of the Troubles, but they've also forgotten a lot of the peace factors. When we asked them, do you support the Good Friday Agreement? One in four said, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Um, like, But that brings us back to where people are getting their information, Rachel. Like, Am I right in saying that only 7% of the people in this survey said that they learned uh, their, their knowledge of the Northern Troubles through the classroom? Like, Surely that's a problem that we need to look at. Yeah, when we asked them, where do you get most of your information, they were more likely to say social media, 
than in school. You mentioned Germany. I gave a few examples in my piece, but, you know, Colombia recently had a peace agreement and they set up a truth and reconciliation body to give victims closure and find out what happened. In Germany after World War II, there was a generation where there was just silence. Older people did not talk about what had happened in the war. But then a generation came through and they broke the big silence and they had to have a national reckoning and deal with the conflict of their past. In Ireland, it does seem that when we talk about the troubles, parents also aren't talking to their kids. 21%, that was all that said that they learned most of their information from older generations and relatives. So why are they learning it direct from the people that lived through it? I think if you find, if you ask most people, do you talk to your parents about the troubles or do you talk to your kid about it? They say, no, we just don't go there. Yeah. It's the same in the classrooms. The teachers don't want to talk to the kids about it. It's yeah, too controversial. I, I, and what happens there, and if you talk to about people who have been close to the conflict, as you mentioned, World War Two, there, they don't want to talk about it. And what happens then is that, you know, social media fills that vacuum. That's what's happened here. And you're now saying then that people are getting information. And this is where the maybe the glamorization of certain atrocities actually happened because that's all the information that people are getting. And they've got this skewed view of history. Is this not what's happening here? There does seem to be, where they do have a narrative or an understanding, it does seem to skew to a slightly more... um, I know you said militant, but a slightly more extreme or staunch Republican standpoint. When we asked them who was responsible for the most deaths and the troubles, young people were most likely to blame the British Army at 37%. But for older generations who lived through the troubles, they were more likely to blame Republican paramilitaries at 33%. And we know from official data from the Sutton Index of Deaths, they did attribute the majority of deaths in the troubles to Republican paramilitaries. So why have this new generation got such a different take? We also asked them, do you agree? They were the, sorry, they were the least likely to think there was an, always an alternative to violence when we asked them compared to older generations. And they were the most likely to think that saying something like up the rah was socially acceptable. So we saw last October when the women's football team came out and there was a huge issue over them singing a pro IRA chant and people being divided over it. And what we can see is young people thought it was more acceptable. And you could see it in the conversation. They were like, what's the big deal? It's all just a bit of crack, a bit of fun. But older generations were like, no, this is too raw. This is too painful. There are still victims of the IRA out there mourning their dead. So how do you how do you explain this generational chasm? And I think it does just come back to education. You've got a generation that lived through the troubles and a generation that aren't learning about it in school. So it's understandable. And not to say that it's their fault, sorry. No, no, no problem, Rachel. No, I just, one thing I wanted to ask you about the survey, did it only apply to people in Southern Ireland or were there Northern Ireland youths? In- no, we we focus primarily on people in the Republic of Ireland. Okay, so, um, so I wonder as well, you know, when it comes to youth, even looking at youth on both sides of the border, like, is the, do they, do we both have different histories? Like, again, the way history is told may may differ hugely on both sides of the border, no? It probably is. It's probably a a study for another day, but certainly in Northern Ireland, I hypothesize that people know their history very well. They just have two different takes on it, two different versions of it. The problem we're seeing in the South is that people don't know the history at all in younger generations. And from what they do know then, it is a slightly more 
bias and partisan view. And there's a text in here, Rachel, which maybe you might help me with. Uh, the you don't have a glamorised view, this texter says. We have a more pragmatic, more informed by context, which in the North was categorised by Catholics being second-class citizens citizens in most in almost all facets of life a PSNI and judiciary dominated by Protestants that comes in from John and he's a youth obviously because yeah yeah listen it sounds like John um knows the basics of the history but when we ask people do you have a reasonable knowledge of 15 different events of the troubles the problem is they're saying we don't when we ask them do you feel like you understand the history of the troubles half of them are saying no So when we ask people, when we ask young people, a thousand people overall surveyed, the young people in that survey are telling us that they don't know. So while certain people will be, of course, not every young person in Ireland doesn't know about the troubles. There's a lot of people who know their history. But what we're finding is the majority don't know their history. He said, John said they have context. What I'm saying is this data shows they don't have the basic context because they don't know the basic events of the troubles. So what is it? So what do we do here, Rachel? In your view, is this about <laughs> teaching in the classrooms? Is it about you know being checking your social media feeds to see that you're you're listening to, to you know to genuine news? Well, what do yeah. we do here? Listen, I don't want to come across like I'm saying, oh, young people today. I am a young person, um, and I also used to be pretty ignorant about Northern Ireland myself. But what, it's also not young people's fault. They want to learn. They want to learn about it. 47% we're interested in it. 59% we want a united Ireland. They're passionate about Ireland. They're passionate about the future of Northern Ireland. Um, and 39% still fear a risk of a return to violence. So they're two things that they're in line with other generations on. But the problem is they don't know where to go for this information. I asked one 23-year-old, did you learn it in school? He was doing his leaving search just five years ago. He said, we didn't talk about it. We did one page in the history book. And he goes, when we tried to talk about it, it was pushed down. It was repressed. It felt like it was too controversial. So we have no choice but to seek information elsewhere. question is, how are we providing that information? It has to start in school and response to our surveys. The teacher and the tonish just said, we need to reform the history curriculum. We need to put more of a focus on this recent history. But also, it's not just, it just doesn't need to just start in the school. And for people who have left school, I think we just, as a country, need to talk about this. Parents need to start talking to their kids about it. If you look at all the major political debates that crop up lately, um, I think at the core of them is two different generations arguing because they see modern politics through, one generation sees it through the prism of the legacy of the conflict and the other just sees it through an entirely modern context but they don't understand each other. And I think that conversation that puts things in context of the legacy of the conflict would help us understand it okay. a bit more. Well, listen, 25 years on, it's a, it's a very relevant subject. Rachel Lavin, a data journalist with The Times and The Sunday Times indeed. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.